0: Hello, City Hope. Man, you guys are quiet today. It's really good to see you again on the Welcome to Campuses, Mobile, Baymanette, Foley, and all the guys at the correctional facilities. I had the privilege last weekend of, I hadn't been there in probably 10 years, but being able to speak at the Found Correctional Center last weekend. And let me tell you, those guys, the place was packed out, and those guys love City Hope Church. They love the men that go up and serve them. Just a wonderful time, and so let's give all of our campuses a big hand. <laughs> next weekend, I will uh, be at our Honduras campus, and and, and and I love to go there. We're taking a group of legacy people down, showing them all the ministries in Honduras. Uh, the bittersweet part of that is uh, I won't be here next weekend for Foley's first service in their new building Foley Yeah. we still have a lot of things to do this week but we're looking forward to having our first service so I'll be out of the country but I'll keep a check on you guys to see how everything's going uh... one other thing I want to share with you in a couple of weeks Pastor Dale and I will be going to Uganda and to Kenya you've seen some of the videos from Pastor Solomon Uh, What they're telling us today, uh, even the U.N. has declared that there's a famine in in East Africa. And not only 22 million people, but also millions of children. And there's a couple pastors there that we are connected to already. And we're going to go and see what they're doing feeding the children in the the refugee camps. And so be praying for us uh, that uh, we'll have a good, safe trip Uh, I've had some ask me about the Race for Hope, that is Mission Connected, and that was moved to September, September 30th, we'll do the 5K again, I want you to be part of that, and this year we're looking to build widows homes in India, in fact, we've set a goal, and uh, that goal is going to be pretty strong, Uh, it's like $2,500 to build a home, but they're living in a box or they're living in a crate. And that's what this race is going to go toward. So you'll hear more about that. But I just wanted you to know that we are going to run in September. So get your shoes on, get warmed up, get loosened up, get ready, okay? Man, you guys are so excited. I I don't know if I can take this. Such an excitement. Such energy. Okay, let, let me do it this way. All the men at City Hope, ladies, can you give them a big hand? Now I can't hear the other campuses, but at Malbus, that's pitiful. <laughs> guys, we deserve a little more than that, right? Come on, ladies, one more time. That's better. That's right. That's right. So, I know that Mother's Day seems like a week-long event, and Father's Day is like two hours, <laughs> and it's all over. <laughs> but that's okay, guys, guys, because I know you are built dad tough. To be built dad tough, I believe there are two things you have to understand. And so in this message, I want to look at two things for you to be built dad tough. And these two things are in the eyes of our Father. The first text I want to show you, I'm going to pick out two words. You'll know what they are. Exodus 4 and 10. Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord, I have never been eloquent neither in past nor since you have spoken to your servant I am slow as speech and tongue Moses has trouble speaking the Lord said to him who gave human beings their mouths who made them deaf or mute who gives them sight or makes them blind is it not I the Lord verse 12 now go everybody say go, go. and I will help you speak say speak. speak and we'll teach you what to say so the two words Go and speak. So let's look at go. Now, this is not complicated because two thirds of God's name is go. <laughs> not only is there no energy, but it's a slow group. G O D. Go, go. His nature, if you look in the word, his nature is go. When Jesus finished his earthly ministry, he said to men around him, go, go preach the good news, go proclaim who I am, go heal the sick, go go serve, go worship me. And I can tell some of the guys aren't getting it. So let, let me put it in football terminology, guys. If it's in football terminology, you are to blitz every down. You're not to live in prevent. You're not to live on your heels but on your toes. Guys, you got it now? See, you just got to talk their language, ladies. Go. This is the call of God on men because there is a world that needs men to get into their position. And to get in your position, you have to understand your calling because there's a world that's waiting on you, whether it's the world in your house or the world you live in. Look at verse 21, same chapter. The Lord said to Moses, when you return to Egypt, see that you perform before Pharaoh all the wonders I've given you the power to do but I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go verse 22 then say speak to Pharaoh this is what the Lord says Israel is my firstborn son and I told you let my son go so he may worship me but you refuse to let him go so God told Moses Go to Pharaoh and say, Israel is my son. He didn't say, tell him he's my people, that they're my people, they're my daughters, they're my nation, and that's all true. But in this verse, you find God's thought in his heart. You tell them that Israel is my son. Pharaoh, you're touching my son, you let my son go. For what reason? So that he may worship me. And your Bible may say serve, and the word serve and worship in Hebrew is the same word. So when God begins to do something new, he gathers his sons together. When he looked at the millions of Israelites, he saw them as sons. When God wanted to set the world free, he did it through a son. He sent his only son. And the way God is going to set the world free today is through you as his sons. And yeah, you may be in the grips of Pharaoh, a type of Satan, or in the grips of darkness, a type of Egypt, or caught in a trap, a type of slavery. But I tell you, God calls you his son. It doesn't matter how dark it is in your life or what the past is, God says, you're my boy. I call you my son. I I don't call you an illegitimate child. I call you my son. But understand, you, you can't fulfill the purpose in your life until you've been released by the call of the Father. You need to know in your heart that God the Father says, over you, you are my son. He wants you to understand sonship because you can't fulfill the call God has on you as a slave. You can only fulfill it as a son, the assignment of a son. This is what God would use to release Israel out of the grips of Pharaoh and the call of sonship would come over all the people. So Moses, you tell Pharaoh, Israel's my son. There there is a son in you that God wants to release. And see, here's what a son does. A son will love his will, his word, his world. Now, there was a king in the Old Testament named Saul who, who, who understood what it meant, meant to be a, a, a king, but he didn't understand what it meant to be a son. And so he walked in the office of a king, but he, he really never understood what it was more important to, to, to be in love with being a son and the father than it was in a position of being a king on the earth. God wants to call the son in you, but there are sons who need to be born today. And there are sons today that need to be identified. There are sons, listening to me right now, that you haven't identified yourself as a son because of the past, because of the darkness, because of the problems. The son, Jesus, lived the first 30 years on earth primarily in silence. We we don't have much of what he did in 30 years. But we know all of a sudden, he he came out of heaven, a call from the father. And the father said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. This is my boy. Out of the call, That was a silent life. All of a sudden, it's a loud life. God unleashed Jesus to go, and from that moment on, everything changed. The call of the Father to the Son was unleashed for the Son to go into the wilderness, the wild. Matthew 4, 1, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. He calls him into the wilderness. Jesus is led with a call to go into this wild life. The Spirit led him into the wilderness, Why? He never leads us to the safe side, to the normal, to the predictable, to the common, to the tame. He takes his boy, brings him to a place untamed, unnatural, takes him out of anything normal, to an uninhabited place, uncultured, uncivilized place, a place with no security, no order, no comfort, no boundaries, and no rules. You see, you'll never experience what God has for you until you're willing to go to the wild side. Now, some of you have been to the wild side in the natural, but I'm talking about in the spiritual. You'll never understand or experience the treasures that God has for you if you do not go because you'll not experience what he's designed for you. And he He, He wants something in you that says, Father, I want to take a walk on the wild side. Guys, do any of you ever get tired of doing what's normal? Let me talk about the wild side just a minute. The call to be wild is a collision. It's a collision. Moses had no idea what was going to hit him. When the call hits you, it's a collision. Religion's not a collision. When Jesus came to the world, he collided with the kings and they tried to kill him even as a baby. Moses is the type of Christ and Pharaoh, he's trying to kill him because he doesn't want Pharaoh, the son, one of the sons of God, to have a collision with God. When heaven comes into your heart, there is a collision. You probably have experienced it at some time and you don't know what to do with it. Maybe you're not sure, you don't understand it. A collision with God that brings truth to you that you're a son and that you're called to go. Secondly, the call to be wild is not convenient. The Bible says to seek the Lord that you may find him. The calling with your life is not to be tampered with. The Bible says in Hebrews, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart and think it's gonna to be tomorrow. Don't do like the children of Israel and say, we, we, we got it, tomorrow, tomorrow. And, and some men will say today, I'm gonna give my life tomorrow. I'm gonna serve my home tomorrow. I'm gonna lead my home tomorrow. I'm gonna start in church tomorrow. I'm gonna start giving tomorrow. Listen, sir, you need to quit playing with your God. At some point, you have to go after God, and like Moses, it'll never come when it's convenient. It's never gonna happen when you get all your ducks in a row. It's never gonna happen that way. And I believe God wants to call you out as a son, and God wants to collide with you to find out if you will go with him even if it's inconvenient that's the test so that's the go part let's talk about the speak you know there's a difference between talking and speaking primarily everyone can talk but not everyone can speak you're born you learn how to talk but it takes a long time before you can speak and i know there's a difference but, but, because but, between the two because i serve a god who does not talk he speaks From the beginning of time he has been unleashing his power through his speaking he just thought about what he wanted and he spoke it into existence and something that didn't exist before he speaks it and it becomes because wherever he says let there be something was nothing something that was nothing was automatically became something just because he spoke it now now listen I'm glad he speaks and he doesn't talk because sometimes as men we just talk We just talk, and we're talking about nothing, even in sports or hunting or fishing or whatever. We can just talk about it. Can you imagine if God was a talker like we are sometimes, knowing that his power is so potent that whatever he talks about is going to come into existence, even if he didn't mean it, or if if he's just joking like we do? I'm so glad he's not a talker. I'm so glad because he could actually be sitting idly by and just say, you know... I can't stand that LeBron James he should never play basketball again you realize Le- LeBron would lose all his ability at that moment because God's Word cannot come back not accomplishing what it said even if he's joking so God could never talk like we talk I mean God can't walk up to you and say what's up dog <laughs> Ruff. Ruff. you'd be a dog God does not talk first he thinks before he speaks watch because he's aiming his words in a direction to accomplish a specific thing he does not sit around idly and say I don't feel like this and I don't I feel bad and I don't feel like doing this and I don't feel like doing that he speaks because there's a difference between talking and speaking. I have several small grandchildren that are learning how to talk. It'll be years before they learn how to speak. In other words, before they can say something that is significant and that carries weight and literally aim their words in a direction. And we're created in God's image, and we're, we're not created to just talk, but we're created as men to speak as well. And if you don't get this understanding, listen up front. You'll never be able to release the destiny and the legacy that's inside of you until you stop talking and learn how to speak. And by the way, men... Our wives will never develop into the women of God they're supposed to be until we start speaking to them. Your sons and your daughters will never become who they're supposed to be until we start speaking to them. We, we, we have to stop idly sitting by and just, well, I hope they turn out okay. I hope they do okay. We have to start aiming words directly at their hearts. You shall be a man of God. You shall be a woman of God. You shall be a conqueror. You you are going to serve God. You are going to honor this family. You shall grow up and be what God has called you to be. I'm not talking about, you know, I'm just, I'm not, it's not because I'm just talking to you about this. It's because I'm aiming your words into your heart. So God is calling us not just to go out there and talk about Father's Day, and, but, but he's releasing us to walk out of here and start speaking to people about what has been imparted in our lives by God. So when Christ was baptized in the Jordan River, he didn't come up and start talking. You no, know, he, he went into the wilderness, collided with Satan, and defeated him by speaking, speaking the word. After 40 days, he came out of the wilderness, and he's not just talking. Hey, man, let me tell you about my trip. No, no, he, he didn't just start walking around talking to people. No, when he would open his mouth and speak, people would change. Grown men would drop their nets and start walking with him. That, that's not just a talker. I mean, come on, guys, listen. If I, said, if I walked up to you and I said, hey, follow me, you're, you're not going to quit your job and start walking toward my house. You, you may think, you know, I, I don't like you that much. I may follow you on Facebook, but i sure not going to walk over to your house and quit my job. But that's what these guys did. And some of these guys are younger than Jesus. Jesus is 30, but they're younger, some of them. And Jesus said, I want to follow me. And, and he didn't have to convince them and talk them into it. He spoke something into their heart. They dropped their nets and said something just collided in my heart. And a talker can't do that. It's going to take his word hitting your heart and the conviction of the Holy Spirit coming in to make you walk in alignment with the word God's given you he's a speaker so he starts walking on the earth recruiting men and listen he didn't go to the church to the synagogues looking for men he actually he went to the beach don't get any ideas yeah he walked down the streets found the tax collector's house physician's house he picks up all these guys and, and, and these guys are already they're grown men and they've been rejected by the synagogue in other words the rabbis have evaluated them and said "Ah, you can't yoke up with me go back to your father's business So they're kind of like rejects as far as the religious system is concerned. But it's amazing, Jesus decided to go after these guys. The religious said, oh, they're nothing. They don't line up. They don't dress right. They're not indoctrinated right. They don't worship the way we do. So Jesus goes to the beaches of Galilee. He gets Simon, Peter, James, and John and nine other guys, and they start walking and following him. So these 12 guys are with him, but there's this one guy named Simon, and Christ sees this incredible potential in him. He's not showing it at all, but he senses there's something in this guy. From the outside looking in, it doesn't look much because Simon is a talker. I wish I could tell you how many men I've sat in in and talked to, and I realized, oh, there is something in them, but they are talkers. They're Simon. All they're doing is talking, but there's so much more. And and so here's here's Simon, and, and, and he talks, and, and he talks when he's supposed to, he talks when he's not supposed to, he's the chief of talkers, he's impulsive, he's presumptuous, and he'll cuss you out if he needs to. In fact, today, Simon would have been called a gangster. Yeah, he was strapped. He carried a weapon. He did. You read it in the Bible. If you don't believe me, you asked the dude, he cut his ear off. And that was a warning shot, because if you got enough dexterity to just cut off the ear in the middle of all that ruckus, that means you could have killed the dude. So he was just letting this guy know, say something else to him. Touch him again. Can you hear me now? (laughs) Y'all got that one. The other group didn't get that one. (laughs) Ear, hear. He did great. Simon's an impulsive talker. Sometimes he's talking about nothing like we do. Sometimes he's so opinionated like you are. he's talking it means nothing makes no sense sometimes he's angry and he's talking sometimes he's bitter and he's talking but but at least he's talking because God is looking for some talkers he can turn into speakers and Jesus he says I see something on the inside of you and there is something to work with but as Simon you, you can't get it done the name Simon means to hear or to be heard so Simon has the capacity to hear he wants to be heard but his characteristics are flaky he's inconsistent he's double-minded he's wishy-washy depending on the circumstance if he's going to be faithful or not so God is looking at him and saying there's a lot of things wrong with you is Simon that I want to fix but I'll take you like you are Can we just thank God for for not waiting for us to become like he wants us to be before he declares to have a relationship with us isn't that incredible that God will do that So Jesus says I I love you right where you are and I'll take you with all your inconsistencies with all your lust all your failures and begin a relationship with you and I guarantee you by the time we get to the end of this thing you'll be a man that speaks and Simon is just talking blah 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 these guys have been walking with him for a while and they're experiencing the miracles and the signs and the wonders and they're trying to understand who is Jesus and Jesus thinks you know I really need some clarity on who I have with me because they're all talkers and I don't have a lot of time to be here, and I need you to speak on my behalf. I, I don't need you to talk to somebody about who I am. I need somebody who's going to speak to somebody about who I am. I'm not talking about idle conversations. Oh yeah, I go to yeah I go to City Hope Church. I go to church. Yeah yeah I'm, I'm, I have a relationship with the Lord. Yeah I got friends and I, I, no I'm talking about speaking and aiming your words to their heart of another man your wife to your daughters to your neighbor you're speaking to them and this is what you need to know about god and you speak to them speaking takes focus consecration that's why when you come in here we're not here to talk to you we're here to speak it takes focus i don't just get up here and say hey how y'all doing what y'all want to talk about no, no 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 it's not that when you when you get ready to speak you have you have to have an attention to what you say because you want your words to change somebody's life as you aim them at the heart of that person. And Jesus says, I need somebody to speak for me even before I leave the earth. So he gives them a pop quiz. And, and, and you know when he, when he wants to give revelation, he starts by asking you questions like you would know the answer. He says, hey, y'all, y'all been walking with me for a little while, right? Yep. You've been going out all over the countryside two by two and praying for people and seeing yeah 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 well who do men say that i am huh man they all chimed in oh they say you're everybody they say you're elijah you're a prophet you're good you're bad you you have good intentions some say you're wrecking the culture some say you're a heretic some want to kill you and some adore you okay but who do you say that i am see everybody had something to say about who people say he is but only one guy speaks up Only one guy of the 12 gets the revelation. And this is the very first time that the talker became a speaker. And he said something that got Jesus' attention. He's been talking the whole time, but it didn't get his attention. But this time he speaks and he gets his attention. And in Matthew 16, he said, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, What? You're not talking, now you're speaking. And the only people who speak are those who have been given a revelation of who I am. Those who have been given revelation by the Father of who the Son is, and then you've made the Son the Lord of your life. You've been released not to talk, but to speak. Jesus steps back. He looks at Simon the talker, but now the speaker said something. But the speaker didn't have a name. Jesus said, flesh and blood didn't tell you this. My Father in heaven gave you this. You're not that smart, Simon. Simon. My father gave you this revelation, and I heard you speak, but I'm not going to call you Simon anymore. To hear, to be heard. It doesn't fit the speaker in you, so I'm going to call you Peter. Peter means stable, something that Simon has never been. And then Jesus said, you know it, he said, upon this rock, the rock, Jesus Christ, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, and Peter, I want you to be my speaker. I want you to be my speaker. And this is where Peter should have celebrated, shouted and told everybody just what Jesus said. He wants me to be a speaker when he starts the church, but a fight began. You, you see, you can be here in a service and receive something from God, of revelation, and then you can drive back home and you can walk in the house and you can say out loud, I'm ready to be the rock. And your wife says, hey, Rocky, will you take the trash out? Yeah, but I'm ready to take the world by storm. See, they remember you as Simon the talker. They've got used to you talking, so when you start speaking at first, they can't tell the difference. And if you're not careful, you become frustrated because you finally found out, found your voice, and you start to speak, but people still treat you like you're talking guys maybe you've talked so much to your wife that when you start speaking she's a little apprehensive to trust you because you've said some stuff in the past you didn't follow through with so now you're speaking and she's still treating you like you're talking you're peter she's treating you like you're simon and it's frustrating because you finally clear your throat and start speaking because no one wants to listen when you finally have something to say and jesus said now you're peter it's time for you to speak and he says yes And just a few verses on down he's rebuked again for talking remember jesus told the guys hey listen guys i have to die i'm going to die i'm going to be crucified and peter said that's not happening i will not let that happen on my watch you're not going to die see that's what happens so many times we revert back to simon and start talking when we should have been speaking and then jesus says to simon peter get behind me satan in Peter's mind, he's thinking, okay, which one am I? I am so confused. Am I Simon? Am I Peter? or Am I the devil? And for the rest of the Gospels, you read it, four Gospels. The rest of the Gospels, we see two people fighting. We see a Simon talking, and then we see Peter speaking. And then we see it revert back over and over and over and over again. But then something supernatural happens. Watch Christ is crucified. Peter doesn't know what to do. He found out the Savior was nailed to the cross and he died. He had for once felt greatness in his life and he knew Jesus could pull it out of him and now he's dead and he's not going to see the greatness come out. Peter is depressed. He doesn't, know, he doesn't want to talk to anybody. He doesn't want to speak to anybody. In fact, what he did, he said, I'm just going to go out in my boat and fish so I don't have to worry about this turmoil, this fight going inside of me I don't have to worry about being Simon or Peter I'll just lose myself in my job he was a fisherman I'll lose myself in my career my occupation I'll lose myself in my hobby I'll lose myself in my addiction or that thing that I think will give me some comfort and fulfillment and I wonder how many men do this you find yourself living in your job you find yourself living in your hobby That's not bringing you fulfillment. You think it is, but it's not because that's not what you were called to do. There's nothing wrong with that in itself, but you've you've been called just like Peter to go from a fisher of fish to a fisher of men. So when God takes you from one thing to another and you find absolutely no fulfillment when you go back to it. If you've been called a son and you've been identified as a son and he wants you to speak to people about the love of God, you go back to the other way. You're not going to find fulfillment. And so here's Peter. He's out fishing, but he's catching nothing because that's not where he's supposed to be. He doesn't know what to do. And Christ appears to him. This is after the resurrection. He appears to him and he said, You know what, Peter, I'm going to help you out. I'm not going to leave you like this because you're going from talking to speaking and back again and back again I'm going to give you something so you can go into your world and speak the revelation the father gives you listen if you are a son the father wants to give you revelation but he's not going to give you revelation if you can't speak if you're just going to talk it will mean nothing to you because you're talking it'll mean nothing to anyone else because you're just talking So he said, listen, here's what I want you to do, Pete. I want want you to chill out. I just want you to take some time off, chill out. what's gonna happen if I just chill out? Well, I'm gonna unleash something on you, and after I do, you're going to do the same to everybody else. Peter says, what what are you talking about? I'm gonna clear your throat with my spirit. I'm gonna give you the most incredible anointing that's gonna clear your throat so i want you to go to the upper room i want you to chill out and the holy spirit's going to come on all of you in that room and when you come out of that room you will never talk again when you come out of that room you will be my speaker you will aim your words at the hearts of men and they will know you've just had an encounter with me And I'm going to sync our voices to the point they're not going to know when your voice ends and my voice begins. Because you're not talking anymore, you're speaking. And I'm not just talking about a a, a microphone on a platform, but I'm talking about with a man, with a person, with a relationship. You're going to cease just talking and you're going to become a speaker in the lives so that every time you walk away from a conversation with your spouse, with your kids, with your friend, with your neighbor, they're going to say, what just happened? We were just having coffee. We were just talking, and God just spoke to me. Not in an idle conversation, but where you're aiming your words into the hearts of men for transformation that only God can bring. Because when your speaking is intentional, listen, when it's intentional, expect God to show up. When you speak to somebody, let your speaking be intentional, and God will show up. Listen, God can even do this if you're talking about the ball game. If you're talking about the fishing event, if you're talking about whatever, you can be intentional. Watch, Simon's transformation to Peter doesn't come in one moment where we read it in the scripture like the light just clicked on. No, he has to walk this out and he stumbles. And sometimes he's talking and sometimes he's speaking. But on that day, in Acts 2, the Holy Spirit hits him. And the Holy Spirit hits him hard. And the Holy Spirit hits him deep. And he comes out of that room with 120 people. And and, and everybody that's in the city now, they look at him and they think, these guys are drunk. And Peter immediately says, hey, it's nine o'clock in the morning. Nobody gets sloppy drunk at nine o'clock in the morning. What are you talking about? Boldness comes out. And he comes out and he clears his throat. throat. And this uneducated fisherman opens his mouth and he speaks. And for the first time, he spoke without stuttering he spoke stu- he spoke without relapsing he he spoke without being fearful he released words into the heart of men so that 3,000 people at one time said I want that I want that that's just not talk that's just not th- there's that's, there's something there I want that whatever he has I want it Simon could have never done that never never but Peter the Rock, as soon as the Holy Spirit was unleashed in him, he ran out to people and he released what was released into him and 3,000 people gave their lives to Jesus Christ. He, watch. He spoke with such conviction that the Holy Spirit started kicking down walls in religious people that had been months before watching and listening to Jesus and they turned him off. But when they heard the anointing of God on the spoken word, they were confronted in their spirit. Peter stopped talking, started speaking, and he was intentionally aiming his words in the hearts of men. And when he did, there was a drawing from the Holy Spirit to the hearts of men. Listen, God doesn't need anything. God, God doesn't need your help. But he decided to need your voice. And if you would just speak on his behalf the Holy Spirit will do the rest. Listen, it's not your job to judge and to evaluate. It's not your job to save them. It's your job to speak. And when you start speaking in your own house first, when you start speaking to your wife, to your children, when you start speaking to your job, your career, when you start speaking to your health, the Holy Spirit is drawn. You, you want the Holy Spirit drawn to your, to your job, to your, to your company? You want the Holy Spirit drawn to your family, to your marriage, to the unity? That's how you do it. When you start speaking that, the Holy Spirit is drawn to that. So, so watch, watch. Peter started speaking, and, and, and I know, you, if you know this story, he gets up and he preaches this sermon and 3,000 people get saved. But, and I know you're thinking, yeah, but I'm not a pastor, I'm not this. No, you're, that's not what I'm saying you're called. You're called to be a son. I'm not telling you you called to be a pastor or a missionary. That's not what I'm saying. But I will tell you, what, watch what he did. He starts speaking, and almost half of what he said, he's quoting somebody else. He, it's not that he came up with all this deep revelation we have enough revelation in the word, let's just take what we have and deal with that and not try to find some new. He took what he had and he said, and Joel said, and then he said, and David said, and then he said, David and Joel said, so you should just do what they said. And he just walked up there and started speaking, and, and listen, there are not 3,000 people, there could be 15, 20,000 people listening to him. He walked up there and started speaking intentionally based on what he knew. Did, didn't have a seminary degree. He got kicked out of the synagogue. You're not going to follow a rabbi. Go, go home, go fish. He told people what he knew. What, 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 what about this in the church? And the church didn't believe this and all that and this. And this. I, I don't know all of that. I know what I got a re- revelation of, and that's enough to get you saved. All I know is... I have a revelation of what happened to me and that's enough to get you saved. You don't have to understand revelation in Ezra and Malachi. You just have to know your story. That's what he knew. He knew his story. Your story is enough to get somebody saved. Did you hear me? Your story that you won't share, your story that you won't tell your children, your story, it's enough to get somebody saved because the Bible says, I overcome by the blood of the I overcome Satan by the blood of the lamb and by the word of my testimony. I've not been what you've been through, you haven't been what I've been through, but I have a story and you have a story. And I will stand flat-footed and speak of what God has done in my life. And my prayer and what I trust is that you will believe that you are a son and get that revelation because the sons are called to go and to speak about what you know. And we, we, we kind of sabotage what we're supposed to do because we think, well, I'm not qualified. I don't know this, I don't know that. No, you know your story. Nobody else knows your story like you know your story So If you want to be built dad tough Your heavenly dad who wants to see you as a son Go and speak boldly about what Jesus has built up inside of you You're the only one that can tell that story But listen to me Here's the difference The difference is you need to go and you need to chill out And you need to go and you need to find some time with the Holy Spirit And you need to get past whatever you've been taught and whatever you think. You need to just say, hey, Holy Spirit, I really need you because I want to be a speaker. I want to speak into my house and speak into my children. I want to speak into my grandchildren. And you need to get some time so that the Holy Spirit and the anointing of the Holy Spirit is on you so that when you speak, you're not talking, but you're speaking truth, and the truth is anointed so that it touches the heart of people. And all of a sudden they say, I don't know what just happened, but God just did something in my heart. Do you understand? if you take all the sons of God and you multiply that through the face of the earth that we would turn this earth upside down because of your story and yes I do get intense because man, you get intense and it's time for you to quit patty caking it's time for you to quit whimping around it's time for you to hear that you are a son of the almighty and the son just says go and the son says speak and he's giving you a story because he's redeemed you, he's saved you and you need to speak that story and when you do other people are going to hear it and other people's lives are going to change. Why? Because now you're not talking, now you're speaking. Are y'all okay? Are you all right? Some of you looking at me like a cat, calf at a new gate. <laughs> you don't have to stay a talker. And some of you are called to be speakers and you're afraid of it. And I'm speaking by the Spirit. And you run back to your occupation or your hobby or whatever thing, and that's going to give you fulfillment or distraction you're never going to be fulfilled in that God's, God's called you to be a son to go it doesn't mean you give up fishing and hunting all you know, that's not what it means it means you're called to be a son first so that in everything you do and everything that you say it's naturally coming out yeah I used to live like that I used to think like that I used to do that God helped me through this, and God did this, and God did that. All of a sudden, what you're speaking is what God has built on the inside of you. Why, listen, why in the world would God build you that tough for you just to keep it on the inside and walk around and nobody knows it but you? No. That's selfishness. That's pride. That's ego. No, he's going to build you up like a son to be tough. Why? Because he wants somebody else to know, and somebody else to know, and somebody else to know. And listen to me, listen, and Jesus said, and I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, Owen, Peter, I want you to be my speaker. God said, I'm going to build my church, and oh, by the way, guys, I want you to be my speaker. Hey, men, I want you to be my speaker. I want you to speak on my behalf. Because when you do, when you you intentionally speak on my behalf, I'm going to show up. I'm going to show up. And I can promise you this I have spoken into the lives of men and been a speaker. And the whole time I'm speaking, the Holy Spirit is ministering to me. I, I don't know how it works. It's like I'm getting something from God because I'm giving away something to somebody else. And you know what that does? It doesn't make you perfect. It just makes you tough. makes you tough. Father, I thank you for the men at City Hope Church. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will speak to them and affirm in them that they're a son. Some of them may need to be born again to be a son. Some of them may may need to clearly identify that I'm a son because the enemy is telling them they're not worthy to be a son. But that's a lie. So Lord, the sons in the house today, may they clearly understand the role of sonship that you call us to go and you equip us to speak on behalf of God the Father. Thank you for that privilege. In Jesus' name, amen.